everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor whose first professional job was next to none other than John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard in the singing and dancing group, the Trunk Stop Players, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite eternal ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Oh my God, you went deep. That's, so, that's as deep as you can get. That's as deep as you can get. How many, just of, let me yeah. just start interviewing you. How many trunk stop players were there total? So the, the trunk stop players <laughs> was a little talent show group. It was five of us. Okay. There was five, five of us and it was started by Carolyn Fleetwood who owned the dance studio where I was introduced to all of this oh my God. craziness. Fleetwood Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Carolyn <laughs> decided with some of her young talent that she would put together this little cabaret talent show group and we would go around to like corporate events and things <laughs> like that and do our little shows and you and i were talking about this right before yes. the podcast yes so yeah john <laughs> schneider from the dukes of hazard was in the trunk stop players look at the ratio there two of the five almost 50 percent of the group went on to become a television star yeah that's so, crazy that's nuts yeah, that is that actually is crazy. I I mean, I I never in my wildest dreams when I was 14 or 15, however old I was, yes, 13 or 14, maybe. Yes. Doing these little tap dancing shows for company lunches that <laughs> that you mean I wait, thought, what do you mean company lunch? The, so you yeah. you guys went down to Coca-Cola, like you yeah. mean corporate companies? Yeah, we'd and go you to were like, like I, I interrupted you. You said uh, that might have been the pinnacle. You're about to say something about I that. thought that I was getting I got paid. I think I got paid <laughs> like maybe fifty dollars a performance, and, which is a know, lot back then. That's back a lot of money. Then I was like, Are you kidding me? I'm getting <laughs> paid to do this. <laughs> I thought that might be the one and only time I ever got paid in my life to do this. So you and I were talking about it. Yes. And I had this moment where I'm like, hold on. So I ran over and I found this oh, now. God. Oh, God. This oh, goodness. is a scrapbook I put together for myself, my oh, senior year of high school. Oh, my gosh. Right before I was leaving home in Atlanta, oh. Georgia. I still have it. I was it's, 17 I years old. I love the fact that it says album. Everyone, and for those of you listening, you don't it, know it what is it is. This, it's this. Oh, it's kind of like it's leather, like leather bound album. sort of yeah. or pleather outside. It's leather. A it's a fake. Yeah. And in block letters and gold, gold uh, printing, it says album. The A, the L, and the M are fading a little bit because Robbie has had. How old is that book now? This, this is 1981, 82, probably. <laughs> okay. I, so I did this myself because. Oh my God! This is just coming back to me. That's a 40-year-old album, dude. In my bedroom, <laughs> in my bedroom when I was a kid, when I would do like a show, a community <laughs> theater play or something, I'd take the program or the poster yes. and, I, and, and I would tape it on my wall. Yes. And I had all this, you know, I had posters and other stuff around, right. but my room was like wallpapered with my memorabilia or yeah. my, you know, my high school experience. Yes. When I was leaving home uh, after I graduated high school, my mom was selling the house and she was going to move back to North Carolina with her family. Oh, right. But I didn't want all that stuff thrown out. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Like when I, oh. I, I'm not coming back home 
So I'm like, I'll just put all, you know, kind you of a timeline. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get through this real quick. Please, please. This was my that. very first. Oh, it's getting messed up from the. From oh, because it's green. This is a green color. Oh, no. Okay. So not all of it, but this was my very first play i ever did that's a newspaper ad mm -hmm. for the for wizard, the wizard of, oz. of oz at nice. the atlanta children's civic theater i love it i'm not gonna go through this whole thing but do you actually have a photo of you and john schneider that's my question oh yeah i do okay oh my gosh here it is oh my god is that you in the where, oh, there's where are six you? Where? of us okay I, oh, I said five so there's six of us okay I'm where are sitting, you can you i'm show sitting me? on top oh that's I'm you sitting, on top yeah, yeah. Is that Schneider to your left, right? Or your right, if you're... Uh... I guess he would be... He's in the left of frame, though, right? So... Yes. Yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah. with that. Yes. Oh, my One God, of the... this thing's yeah. falling apart. Bo Duke, right? Oh, Isn't he Bo yeah. or Luke? He's Bo. He's Bo Duke. Bo Duke. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm just going to pull this out. Pull it out. Trunk stop players. Oh Let me go a little bigger. Yeah, go closer. Look at Robbie's face. You are so young. In the... See, would, okay, John Schneider we... looks like John Schneider. That does not look like you. That's me and John Schneider and David Wildman. So you're on the underneath. You're the, you're the, oh my goodness. You know who you for look bookings. like? Look at that for booking. Oh my gosh. Look at that. That's insane. Okay. That's my first. I am more excited that you brought this up than any TV show I ever did in my life. That's hilarious. How old were you? In I must have been a 13 or 14 years old. Probably. Okay, because the thing is, I look at that picture. That doesn't look I was the anything kid. like you. You were a kid, definitely. That doesn't look oh, anything yeah, like you kid. right now. You know who that uh, looks like? That looks like Kate's son, Alex, when he was a kid. Oh, that's funny. A little bit. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a couple more things. Uh, right around this time, I did another play with the Children's Theater that I got into called Tom Sawyer. I played Huck Finn, and I was so proud of this picture because I was so, I was acting up a storm, just acting up a storm. Oh, so my dramatic. gosh. Can you just, you need, you need to describe it to our listeners, though, Robbie. Describe that photo. Just what is, what are you doing in Huck that photo? Huck Finn is mad. He's <laughs> hurt and angry and, and just so sad oh Look at this. wow By, a few years later i did yeah. um the sound of music with this children's theater and because i had done a couple local productions yeah they put an ad in the paper with my name <laughs> as if people are gonna come <laughs> because, because of your name yes 15 year old robbie mcneil Whoa, this is crazy. Man, I, I need a time machine to be invented yesterday. So then I can come to watch you do all wow. these little plays. I would love to have seen you in um, all these productions when you were just a young man. Yeah, here's another teenager. one. There's me at the piano. Yeah, that looks more like you now. Yeah. That looks more like you with the little cross of some, some, something else. I'm feeling a little Ethan Hawke there, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. This thing is falling apart in my hands. I, I can't believe you still have that. That's that's amazing. Good for I you. Can't, I it, can't you know, believe you, I still have it either. Yeah. We, well, we talk about this all the time. How you've, I ask you about. Well, where's that one thing? You're like, well, I don't know. We got lost in the move, or or that's gone, or I have no, yeah. I have no idea. So there's a lot of items that we've talked about in the past that have kind of went by the way of the the dodo yeah. bird, and then now you have this one album that you pull out. It's you, crazy. You've There's, never shown me. You've never shown me that album. That's the there first time. There is so much stuff in here. I There's can't a lot of mystery. It. My very last thing I'm going to show you is yes. that year I graduated high school and I was going off to New York. I needed yes. a headshot. 
Oh God. And back then, <laughs> back then, Is when you were auditioning headshot? for like commercials and things, they would want like a composite where you had like your character look. Your yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. it wouldn't just be one shot, Correct. maybe it, two or three on a different frame. looks on there. Yeah. Yeah. So a here's your look or more business. Here's my. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. Can look you. Look at that. <laughs> Robbie, please. Look at that. I can see the top picture, but bring the lower ones closer to frame so I can see. What is that pensive? Are you holding a flower? I'm looking at a flower. You're like. <laughs> I'm looking at a flower. <laughs> Sorry, bring that. Just bring that photo closer to frame. Oh, the flower my. one. The flower one alone. I just want to. That's that. my modeling look. There's okay, my JC Penney's modeling yeah, look. That's your JC Penney modeling or look. Or GQ maybe. The I other one is the other one with the with the flower. It shows that you're artistic and sensitive. And yeah. You can, you, maybe you're a poet of some sort, and you are a poet now that you do limericks. And yes. on the top. Are you trying to? Oh, you're just holding on to the like a goal, soccer, like a soccer, soccer goal net. net. Yeah. yeah, kind of showing that you're athletic. You know, yeah, side. yeah. I can yeah. smile. And everyone, just so you know, this is how you had to have a headshot if you were going to uh, audition for commercials back in the day. You yeah. had to show them a mixture of looks. Like, okay, yeah. he can be the young sporty guy. He could be a little bit more dressed up, or he can be pensive, yeah. holding a flower, yeah, exactly, and thinking about life. So, yeah. Oh uh, my God, I can't believe. What a tour our, de force. Our little chat about what a, what credit are you going to bring up? And it's led <laughs> That's to how this. it began. Yes. I couldn't. I was like, I'm running out of credits for you. So, Robbie. No, just... I got plenty more. <laughs> he I gave will... me. Okay. I'm okay. happy. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow is right. That is a. Wow is a wow wow. Yeah. That is a like a way back time machine. <laughs> oh, man. Right there. That's wow. cool. That, is, that, that was special. I, I got to say, I've never seen any of those images. My first time. I'm very excited. <laughs> Most we people about, in the world have not seen well, it, unless you were in okay. my bedroom in 1982. I, <laughs> my, yeah, but, but my childhood bedroom. You didn't see that. But during one of our, when we answered one of our, it was, no, it was during one of our Admiral Zoom call sessions. And one of, yeah. one of the admirals had a question. And that question was, uh, would either of you be interested in writing your memoirs? And now look at all this source material and, and, and images you can put in your memoirs. Uh, I know. You could just crazy. have a whole center section of all these little, uh, oh, everything from that album. Them in there. Everything there's from a... that album can go into the, to that. And I think the I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I yeah. pulled that off my wall. That's That yeah. would be the lesson is like, yeah. and, and the lesson of this podcast that I've learned is like, you know, sometimes you don't appreciate the, things that you you did in the past or that you experienced in the past mm -hmm. unless you really take some time and reflect on it mm -hmm. like i i think this podcast has taught me that like yeah taking a look back spend a little time to really reflect on it yeah. and my appreciation just grows so yeah deep. and same with same with that that stuff you know the yes childhood uh, and memories and i'm gonna offer up one more lesson for all our listeners and viewers out there and that is to Store all your old belongings and scrapbooks in watertight yeah. containers. Because not, not do, just do not in your... use a binder that <laughs> no, says no. album. No, 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 no. That's good. That's okay. But that needs to, that old album needs to be in a watertight container. Because if you recall, yes. I might have told you this. I had a flood at my house in Hollywood Hills, which took out yeah. all my albums from when I was in grade school and in, in high school. All that is gone and ruined mm. by the water. And I'm so 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 bummed because none of that was converted to digital yeah. copy so it's gone forever but you've got mm. your stuff so that would be uh that'd be a great thing for you to include 
in yeah. your in future memoir. memoir. Yes, in my book. Okay. Start thinking about a name for your memoir at the, now. Mine it's going to well. be called Album. <laughs> Album: The Robbie See? Duncan McNeil See? story. This is why this guy have said that this man is one of the funniest people I've ever met because he he comes out of left field with these very simple statements that it, just crack it people. Looks up. good on the front of a book. <laughs> Yes. As you see, that should be the book cover. It should just be that album. Yes, album. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Okay. People will be confused, but uh, they'll be excited at the same yes. time. Okay. This week, our episode is Tinker Tenor Dr. Spy. Oh, yes. Yes. So without further ado, let us okay. leave this cyberspace area and go watch this episode and come back with our recap and discussion. Great. Tinker Tenor Dr. Spy. All right. All right. See you soon. Thanks, everybody. Patreon patrons, stay tuned for your bonus material. Well, we're back from watching Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy. My goodness. All right. Let's just jump right into it. Let's just go right into our let's do poetry synopsis. Let's not waste any time. Here is my haiku for Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy. Acceptable risk. Doc dreams himself the hero, sits in the big chair. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Okay, here we go with our limerick for Tinker Tenor Dr. Spy. A hero, competent and popular with the ladies on board. The doctor is daydreaming of all things unexplored. Phlox is mistaken. Reality is shaken. He's a mess, but he's earned that award. (laughs) nice good by the way he gets the award at the end (laughs) we never see it again like wouldn't you wear medals or wouldn't you wouldn't that be somewhere i don't know maybe that was still part of his dream (laughs) maybe that's still his algorithm maybe this whole thing That's very funny. This whole episode uh, never happened. So, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> Tinker Tenor, Dr. Spy, Joe Minoski yeah. wrote the script. I have to say, yeah, it, it's a really good script. It is. Like in its detail, it's good moment to moment in terms of the dialogue. It's funny. Yeah. It's at some point. Yeah. It's all that. Uh, and the structure is almost perfect. Like yeah. it, it really is a great script. I think Joe yeah. did a phenomenal job. Joe knocked it out of the park with this one. Story mm-hmm. by Bill Vallely, who we don't really, I don't think we've ever heard of this person until this time, until this yeah, episode. Who is Bill Vallely? Vallely. Just some lucky guy who, who pitched the story and yeah. he, he had I don't think, purchased, you know? I don't think he pitched or wrote or anything for any other episode. This is the no, only one. I think you're right. You're right. Um, I do know that he is a comic book guy. I did, you know, oh. a little... Okay. Yeah, he he has written some comic books, yeah. and uh, he's even an artist. He's done some illustrations, so yeah. so he definitely is in the genre, you know, mm-hmm. in the world of our show. But mm-hmm. I've never heard of him before. Kudos to Bill for the one story that he sold to the Voyager writing staff. So good job. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. hear, by the way, that this story originally. I'd be curious if Bill Vallely pitched a Neelix version of this or if it was a doctor version. Cause I did hear, Oh, I did hear that there was early talks of this were about Neelix daydreaming. Wow. And that then they, when they maybe made the change to the doctor, it, it brought in a whole new, a whole different kind of sci-fi 
opportunity, but that they were, hmm. that it was originally maybe, maybe Bill Vallely pitched a Neelix story. I don't know. Yeah. And, and then, that would have been then, a completely different episode, I feel. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it absolutely. Just, it wouldn't have had the same nuance and the same levels that this episode has with the doctor. Absolutely. And also, you know, at this point, really, it's, again, a lot of focus on Janeway, the doctor and seven in seasons six and seven. So uh, it makes sense that they kind of tinkered it and made it for, <laughs> you like that? I said, they kind of tinkered with this. Oh, I see what you did. For I see what you doctor. did there. You got it? Okay. Yeah. And they made this episode for the doctor. And, you know, I think the end result was fantastic. Again, one of my I favorite. Too. One of my one favorite of my... non-Kim episodes for sure. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought okay. it was great. Directed by John Bruno. Yeah. Now, John Bruno is a friend of Bob Picardo's. Mm. I think John, I, I don't know how, this is the first time he directed for us, but I think this is a, a phenomenal job of directing. It's it's the comedy moments are played beautifully. There's mm-hmm. some transitions with vis effects that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. We hadn't done things quite that way. John Bruno comes from a visual effects background. I know yep. that. I know that I think okay. maybe Bob worked with John on on uh inner space or something like that mm-hmm. like he knows john bruno for, as a visifex supervisor and mm-hmm. that may have been how john got into the the voyager camp i don't know do you recall uh, any memories of john at all i remember liking him a lot he definitely my in my memory he came off as kind of a a visual guy he was a visual effects guy and my memory is that i felt like oh his shop making his planning is airtight like i felt a lot of confidence with john bruno on the set Mm -hmm. in in the you know the technical aspects and just kind of shop making and telling the story yeah with the shots he was coming up with so yeah i liked him a lot and i think he and bob are still good friends so yeah my memory of john was that he was somewhat of an introvert yeah, I feel he's quiet, like he's very quiet. quiet. Oh, very quiet. And yeah. it was sort of like, I couldn't really gauge. Like, I remember going up to him and asking him about something in a scene that I was in. And I just couldn't gauge one way or the other how he felt. It was almost like his response was very, you know, it's it, it was he was hard to read for me. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, really good director. He did his yeah. he did his job quite well. Yeah, um, I thought the writing and directing on this episode is some of the best in the series. And it's mm-hmm. really, really... It's just tight. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Solid. It's Definitely. funny that, you know, talking about John's personality being a little introverted or slightly kind of vis effects nerdy yeah. in, in those areas. It's funny to see how the comedy plays so well. And mm. one of the things I noticed was there was a lot of classic moments John did with just kind of locked off shots where a character might pop into the frame do something, a reaction, and pop out. Get out. Yeah. That is a classic. It's hard comedy. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of comedy, and I've made the mistakes myself of moving the camera on the joke or, you know, panning yeah. or pushing and in on the joke. you don't need to. You don't need to. It, it, it <laughs> undermines the comedy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's moments, you know, where the doctor would pop up with a funny face and something in his hands and then pop out. Right. And whether it was by design or whether it was just accidental, John... Uh, set the stage for great comedy in this episode. He really mm-hmm. did a, a, a great job with that. So, but it's funny because he's not a, he's not a, I don't remember him being a hilarious person. He's very, like you said, kind of quiet and sort of, you know, uh, 
professorly or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, or librarianly, you know? Yeah, librarianly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing against all our lovely librarian listeners out there, of course. I'm just saying that, yes, he definitely seemed um, quite subdued. It wasn't, yeah. you know, yeah. he wasn't like... He wasn't like Frakes. If Frakes comes on a set to direct, he's There's you a know lot he's of personality. He's, yes. he's a he's a tsunami of energy that coming yep. on, and and Bruno was the exact opposite, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. So let's just jump into this, okay? Let's talk about the guest stars, mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, we had Jay Leggett playing Flox. I thought he was great. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, his you very recognize first- that name. Jay Leggett? No, his character oh, name. Oh, Flox. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I what was like, <laughs> at first, I was like, wait a minute. That sounds that's, familiar. That's John Billingsley <laughs> yeah, on Enterprise. John Billingsley's uh, character. Same yeah. spelling, too. It's like Same huh? spelling. I think it would, I think from what I looked up, this was the inspiration for naming John Billingsley's oh, character Flox. Well, they just okay. liked the name a lot. Yeah. Although different alien species, different mm-hmm. everything. Okay, so Jay Leggett, who plays Phlox, his very first job was in 1988 in a movie, a low-budget action suspense film, I guess, called Trapped Alive, 1988. And the, the summary of this movie, his first film, goes a little something like this, Jay, Jay Leggett's first film. Several escaped prisoners and two hostage women along with a sheriff's deputy, find themselves trapped in a mine shaft where a cannibalistic mutant is hunting them for food. <laughs> that's that's his uh, oh, auspicious debut, Jay no, Leggett. B-movie fodder. Okay, yes, all right. Yes, it was B-movie. Uh, Jay Leggett <laughs> love did a fabulous job, and I'm, I love it. I'm sad to say he did pass away in 2013. Oh! He was a young man. He was 50 years old. Um, what? I know, very sad. But he was so good in this episode. I'm yeah, so glad was. we have his performance. Uh, I thought he was great. Okay, our next actor uh, who plays Flox's boss, I think this, the character is the Overlooker. This actor's name is Googie Gress. Googie Gress. And I, I, I saw on his IMDb or somewhere that it said his, when he was a baby, his dad would call him Goo Baby. Oh. And so it became his nickname as a kid, Googie, and yeah. it just stuck. So he took his nickname as his acting name, Googie Grass. His very first job that I could find was a TV movie in the 80s called Babes in Toyland. So it sounds like a holiday film. Yeah. You know, like a movie of the week. Okay. But Babes in Toyland starred Keanu Reeves and Drew Barrymore. Oh my goodness. Googie Gress was that was his first job. Yeah. You gotta Who love that name. Googie I know. Gress. Googie Gress. Um, and there was another uh one of these aliens, uh, an actor named Robert Greenberg played sort of the crewman there. And his first job was in 1986 in a horror film called Chopping Mall, which is actually a cult classic, Chopping Mall. Wait, what? Did he, wait, who did he play? Say that he again. was like the crewman on the alien ship. He was the oh, one. Oh, he was that, the other guy. He said a couple of lines. Yes, yes. He had a few lines, yeah. and was, and yes, then Flox at him. one point, Flox says, "Oh God, I made a big mistake." I made a mistake. He's he got, has a conversation with him. Yes, he has a okay. little sh- brief conversation. That's yes. Robert Greenberg. Okay, so let's dive right into the episode. So mm-hmm. the very first shot is very cool. You see, sort of stars uh, filling the frame, and you hear the doctors sort of setting the scene of 
someplace. Uh, he's, I think he's talking about Mantua and painting yeah. a picture of this beautiful place. And he steps into a profile shot and then he turns and almost looks in the camera, which is, it was just a cool opening shot. It was yeah. very different than the way we normally, like we don't normally do that. We don't normally no. look at the camera. So no. you, you know, immediately we're either in, a fantasy or i don't know we don't well, know well you don't you don't know what's happening as an audience member no. you're sitting here wondering like what is going on which really yeah. engages you as yeah. a viewer so yes smart yeah. move there yeah um but he paints this picture and then we he, as he as the camera moves back and we widen out we realize the whole crew is sitting there for this lecture or demonstration we don't really know mm -hmm. what's happening i love that opening shot as it sort of reveals the crowd you see everybody looking a little bored you see neelix asleep he's in the front row with his eyes closed <laughs> it's very funny but then the doctor uh sets the scene of mantua and he starts to sing an opera number uh yeah. la donna mobile classic italian opera mm -hmm. and i love some of the looks like harry's deadpan look was hilarious <laughs> i don't know what I don't know what I was oh. doing. I almost feel like that's a do-over scene for me because everyone's really? kind of, yeah, you know, because everyone's kind oh, of- Oh, you made me laugh. I'm glad I made you laugh. I, and uh, that was my choice as an actor to be really just perturbed with the whole situation. But yeah. I think everyone was really happy in this dream-like sequence. Well, we don't know it's a dream sequence at this we point. We don't know. But... Well, I don't know because he starts singing and Kate has a pained look on her face. Does she have a pained look? Yeah. Okay. All right. No, okay. I think it's- it's I, she's got a pained look. You're just in shock. <laughs> um, I'm a little confused. And then Tuvok starts crying. Yeah, he starts crying. He starts <laughs> crying. And then and then Paris looks over and says something like, you OK? And then he gets angry. And this leads us while the doctor continues to sing opera into a fight. And he shoves uh, Paris back into some chairs. Harry and and. Chakotay try to grab Tuvok and yeah, we try Tuvok. to restrain him. Yeah, restrain yeah. him. And they flings both of you off and a big dramatic move. Mm. And then there's this extra with a phaser that I love this moment. The <laughs> Tuvok grabs the phaser from the extra, and the 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 extra just kind of goes has a really awkward dramatic look and then just sort of freezes, like doesn't fight anymore. It was very funny to me. He's going through Ponfar. He's going yes. through the, the Vulcan uh, ritual of Ponfar once every seven years. If you don't have Nookie, you go crazy. And the doctor continues to sing. I'm happy to sing this version of the opera song, if you like. <clears throat> you, can you? goes yeah. a little something like this. Let's hear it. Tuvok, I understand you are a Vulcan man. You have just gone without for seven years about. Paris, please find a way to load a hypospray. I will give you a sign. Just aim for his behind. Hormones are raging, synapses blazing. It's all so And then Paris tosses the hypospray into his hand. Very illogical, illogical. And then he hypersprays Tuvok. I nice. loved that little song. Yeah. I, I had to write it down. 
Uh, so funny. Thank you for singing it. I appreciate that. All the little cuts to it, all the reactions were hilarious. The, the so lyrics funny. were hilarious. It was funny. So we go through this fantasy sequence. Clearly, it's a fantasy at this yeah. point. It's so ridiculous. And yeah. then we hear, as he's catching flowers, we hear uh, doctor. 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 <laughs> and we cut to a close up, and, he, and he, he's kind of you know zoning out in his chair in sick day yeah in his office in sick in day, his yeah. office and it's balana and she yeah. wakes him up and yeah. she's like hello and he apologizes and uh she says maybe she'll have to run a diagnostic on his hearing subroutines like he's not paying attention and he says he basically says i was just letting my mind wander which right. is we've never heard him talk like that so no. we know that he's <laughs> something's up yeah something's up he's having mm. some fantasies or something they continue in sick bay uh, talking. He says he wants to go on the away mission. And Balana says, sorry, you're yeah. not on the list. Uh, yeah. We've already made, we've made the crew assignments. And, uh, and he's like, I wanted to go take photos of this Canyon, like grabs yeah. his camera. She says, Nope, not this time. And he'll just have to use his imagination is kind of how we go out in the scene. So we're definitely no, that's the yeah. theme of our episode. I, and like, I, I do kind of like, um, because what, you know, we come back when he when he breaks out of the daydream and she goes yeah. it's and Torres is there. Then we go to commercial break and then we come back into the sick bay. And then you just talked about what happened in there. But yeah. she does say Torres does say, if you aren't working on anything, just deactivate yourself and save us the energy. And it was almost it was yeah. almost like this sort of like throwaway, like you're not important. We don't need you. So that kind of sets the tone a little bit of how the doctor is starting to feel his a point of view. Yeah, he's yeah. feeling like he's mm. not important. Yeah. She had some good stuff in this episode, Bolana. She did. I, she really did. And I like that intro scene with her and the doctor. I, I, I felt that that was the most natural sounding yeah. uh, that Taurus has been up until now. It was yeah. really, really good. Um, yeah. Her part. Okay. Well, it's interesting also coming off of Barge of the Dead. Yes. Such an intense episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That she sort of feel, feels cleansed a bit here. Yeah. Episode, you know, that's like a, there's, there's great a breakthrough observation. in her yeah. character. Great observation. And if anything, yeah, you're right. After going through so much drama in the prior episode, now she yeah. gets an episode where it's almost like all the pressure has been released. You know, yeah. all that cling, half Klingon pressure has been released and she's yeah. able to just, oh, she's lighter Light now. now. Yeah, and, she, yeah. And that's how I felt. She was yeah. lighter in this episode. It was wonderful. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, we go to the bridge. Chakotay mm -hmm. walks in the bridge and yeah. he's kind of taken aback. He looks on the view screen and there's a, a beautiful nebula, gorgeous, mm -hmm. big neb nebula. And uh, Janeway says, yeah, it showed up just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, he shares a pad with her. It's notes from the doctor here. And <laughs> he basically says it's a formal grievance. And it's very fun against the crew. <laughs> it's like yes. not just one person; it's against everybody, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Starts listing off his grievances, mm. uh, his treatment by the crew, rude mm -hmm. behavior. Yeah, it cuts to Paris turning around I, like me. I, yeah, I, I'm like, huh? Okay, why are you cutting to Tom right now? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom definitely took that personally. Yeah. Ultimately, he's like, it's failure to acknowledge the sentience of his program that he is growing and changing right that he's a, he wants to be considered a sentient member of the crew and his final request on the pad is that he be made captain in the event of a catastrophic emergency yes, <laughs> Just, yes. Uh, that's a tall order there um, yes tuvok responds well protocol dictates that either he or commander chakotay can go speak with the doctor on these grievances and janeway mm -hmm. says no no 
I'll do it. Yep. Yeah. And then we go to a kind of a space shot of the of Voyager flying by this nebula. Yep. And it's a great shot as the as the ship goes by, the camera sort of pushes into the nebula a bit. Yep. And we start to reveal that there's a ship hiding yeah. inside of it. A cool uh, looking ship. A very cool way. looking ship, I yeah. might add. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it almost like when I saw that ship and then I compared it to other alien ships we've seen, I thought, wow, they had time and money on this one. I mean, this one yeah. looks great. I really I wonder if uh, John Bruno directing because of his visual effects background. Oh. If, if all, all around the vis effects on this, whether by, by his design or, that yes, he had yes. notes mm-hmm. or whether by just our crew kind of going hey we got one of our own doing yeah. you know a high yeah. a high level vis effects guy doing yeah. this episode let's step it up a little bit oh uh, yeah they they definitely stepped it up it was upstepped yeah. all the way <laughs> um we go inside their ship i love this makeup by the way this oh, is a, such a God. cool makeup these aliens i I thought it yeah. was really great. The makeup uh, was wonderful. The wardrobe reminded me a little bit of Dune, the Harkonnen with their mm-hmm. sort of how their <clears throat> collars. Their, yeah, the collars are really high yeah. uh, with those aliens. And just like these aliens, they're high yeah. collared. looks really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very cool. Basically, uh, one of the aliens in there has been scanning the ship. They don't recognize this ship. It's not in their database. It's not in their database. Yeah. And, and uh the boss man basically says, uh, you know, this is an unacceptable risk. Mm-hmm. Don't waste our time and resources. But this crewman who will realize his flocks later yes. on will be his name. He says, you know, I, I figured out a way to, uh, he's got an idea. He says, maybe we can penetrate the hull with a micro tunneling sensor. Mm-hmm. And then he could maybe tap into Voyager's computer and see their weapons and defense systems and uh boss, His boss like, no, is still like nah no nah, let's not do anymore. it and he says well i already asked the hierarchy so he's kind of doing what the doctors do you know he's he's kind yeah. of stepping out of bounds a bit on his ship yeah because and... is he even allowed to i thought it was always the boss that submitted you know requests to the hierarchy but i guess anyone can do it i suppose well but... he said he already did it yeah and uh and it was approved yeah i thought that was great we go to the briefing room next <laughs> This is, yeah, uh, so this, <laughs> this this is, is a scene, scene that okay. you've talked about. Yes. Do you remember when we talked about this, our discussion to this and, and how I said that this, I, I really wish that we had more scenes or more episodes that had comedy like this. And now you yeah. see this, now you see this yeah, scene. Yeah, it's very right? funny. In the briefing room, there's a, a general discussion of the best way to retrieve this Antonium ore from the planet's surface. So everyone's in there talking and discussing. And, and uh, But yet, that's not really the A storyline in this scene. The, no. The, that's, that's the B storyline. That's, that's the cover that's for the, the real cover. scene. <laughs> real scene. Because uh, as oh. everyone's rambling on, then we see oh. the doctor gets a funny look on his face and he right. looks underneath the table and Balana has a barefoot. He's playing and footsie. is rubbing, and rubbing his playing leg. footsie yeah. with her bare feet under there. And all of a sudden, the music changes to saxophone music. Yes, it's very funny. <laughs> it's like really cheesy, uh-huh. you know, romance music. Yes, yes. Um, and he then gets a note on his pad. Right, gets a note on his pad. He looks around. It says uh, dinner tonight. Looks to Neelix. Yeah. It's not Neelix. Not Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> looks over to seven and she's she winks at him yeah it's clearly um, from her <laughs> and then janeway notices 
some of this. She's starting to notice some of this goings on. Janeway yeah. gets up yeah. and walks behind him and sort of caresses his caresses head. Caresses his, his bald head, yeah. His bald head. <laughs> and then basically the scene devolves into the three women trying to out-seduce the doctor. And oh they're God. sort of fighting over him. And then Janeway says she's she needs medical attention because her back is out and she takes it's an takes old academy hand. wound. <laughs> yes, and takes his hand and lowers it all the way down to her rear end. And <laughs> there's the doctor with his hand on her butt. I think the script said it was her lower back is where she lowered it to. Well, but it went in a the episode, lower. it went lower than her lower back. I it definitely did. It went lower. I, and I, I, I love also the, the the additional message on the pad from Seven when she sees that the that Janeway and Torres are sort of moving in on on the doctor she writes resist so you know resistance is oh, that's right. like resist which is again oh very silly very fun so um and then Janeway's had enough she says everybody out of here you're all dismissed yeah. and then off of the doc's reaction to that we hear doctor 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 <laughs> and he snaps out of it again we go wide and see it's just him and Janeway in there and she wants yeah. to discuss his list of demands. But then they move though. They move from there. So evidently from the there. meeting is and has ended, right? Everyone's left and she's talking she goes I want to I want to discuss your demands and then the yes. next thing we know they've now moved to the captain's ready room. To the ready room. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Basically in this scene Janeway is very concerned about his request, you know. The doctor is pleading his case saying, you know, I'm, I'm sentient. I have a right to, you know, grow my program. And he basically wants to have his program include uh, all tactical and strategic uh, abilities of the ship because he wants to function as what he calls the emergency command hologram or hmm. ECH. Basically, the backup captain if there's any, you know, catastrophic event that right. happens. And mm -hmm. she, you know, <laughs> considers this and, uh, but she, she says it would take months to yeah. do this. Like we, we can't, you know, we can't go down this road. It's not approved. There's nothing like this. She's like, no, sorry. When we get back to the alpha quadrant, I'll pass it along. Maybe back there, they can explore this possibility yeah but she not, said not starfleet here. starfleet may be able to assign a team of engineers i'm going to recommend they assign a team of engineers to examine mm -hmm. your proposal but uh, in this current uh right now i'm going to have to deny your request mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. no it's not going to happen so we cut out to the hallway and the doctor's walking along and he comes into the cargo bay he you know he heads from the hallway into the cargo bay. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Seven approaches him, gives him a kiss. Balana takes the other arm and the ladies escort him into what looks like some kind of celebration party or something. Is that how you got it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I had like, he walks in and everyone says, surprise. And then they come up and start kissing him and everything. So they're yeah, already there. This, there yeah. So. yeah. 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 They're already, everybody's already there. Yeah. But as, as he goes into the cargo bay, yeah. everyone's there for the celebration party and, and the ladies are clearly still in love with him. Very enamored with him. We're now in the interior of the alien ship and Flox is speaking to a superior and he says he's tried to access their internal sensors, but he couldn't get past the security encryption. Mm -hmm. But he says he's found something better, a holographic crewman. 
And he says he's tapped into the cognitive subroutines of this holographic crewman. And mm -hmm. now they can monitor everything. So he doesn't even need to get past the, the security encryption that Voyager has set up in terms of their internal sensors. He can yeah. monitor everything through this holographic crewman and he can experience everything he's experiencing. And most importantly, Phlox tells his boss that he has discovered that Voyager is not in their database because they're not from this quadrant. Mm -hmm. They are alone. And not only are they alone, they're lost. They're lost and alone. And a few more hours of observation will give him all the information that they will need to tell the hierarchy about the defense of this ship, the weapons, the crew complement. And Flock says that the social structure on Voyager is very, very different from their social structure. He talks mm -hmm. about how um, on his ship, Flox only has one job, but the doctor does more than just practice medicine. He has access to the entire ship. He seems to be an expert on everything. And the captain just gave him authorization to command the bridge. And it was very exciting to see this ceremony. I love when he does say, he seems to be an expert on everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, yep, yep, yeah. the doctor yeah. thinks he's an expert yeah. on, on everything. everything as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, the superior asked why he is not monitoring the doctor right now. And Flock says, well, the link drops out intermittently, but it should be reestablished in a few minutes. And the boss man is satisfied with that. And he orders flocks to maintain surveillance. Mm -hmm. But again, we, we now see that he's only tapped in when the doctor daydreams and that's it. Yeah. He doesn't see yeah. anything else. And the daydream doesn't happen all the time, at least not yet, but um, he's yeah. seeing these strange little images of, of yeah, he's not totally reality. seeing yeah. fantasy of yeah, not fantasy. reality. That's all he's which seeing. Which is very funny. Yes, absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, now we're in the now we're in sick bay. Yep. And we have a nice scene with the doctor and Neelix. The doctor is injecting Neelix with a hypospray, which is uh, to help combat any possible allergens in the planet's atmosphere. He then asks Neelix if he would snap a few hollow Im images for him, and mm -hmm. then out of the blue, he asks if he daydreams or not. The doctor asked Neelix, does he daydream or yeah. not? And Neelix is like, well, I suppose. I mean, and then Neelix goes into this story about how Talaxians believe that fantasies and daydreams come from uh, someplace else, another land, yeah. and that they slip into our minds and whisper about things we never imagined. And I, I just love that writing there. Yeah, it was just, very, it's poetic. very poetic. Yes. It was poetic. And it was also kind of echoing what's happening is that yeah. This other, these other aliens are kind yeah. of slipping into the doctor's daydreams and there you go. kind of getting these, these fantasies as, as messages. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was, it was a nice scene with uh, Neelix and the doctor. Yeah. I thought that and, was and then, and then Neelix asked the doctor if he daydreams and he very quickly responds, of course not. I'm a computer program. Yeah. And then he says, I prefer wide shots, Mr. Neelix, like David Livingston. If you're feeling creative, throw in a little ultraviolet. He didn't say Livingston, but I threw that in for you, Robbie. So. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we go to the bridge next, and uh, we start on Harry uh, asking for a report, sending a, a message to uh, a call to Paris, who's in a shuttle, I guess, on this away mission. Actually, he's in the Delta Flyer. He's that. in the Delta yeah. Flyer. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paris says, oh, yes, it's a beautiful view. And then suddenly... We hear this noise and Paris says, Mayday, Mayday. <laughs> and Tuvok says, it's it's the Borg. <laughs> and uh, and then Tuvok looks at his hand and these nanoprobes kind of grow out of his the back of his hand, which was very cool. Yeah. Really well done. Yeah. Uh, Tuvok says, you have to relieve me of duty immediately. Um, he He's turning into a Borg. Yeah. Seven, Seven's got a message. She says, uh, 
a uh, an assimilation virus has penetrated Voyager's hull, which is hilarious. Which because is let's, very, let's think about this: you can only be virus. you can only be assimilated if the Borg if the Borg drone shoots his tubules into you and the nanoprobes yeah. go in. You can't just send a virus and everyone starts turning into Borg. I, but yeah. again, cool though in his fantasy. In his fantasy, is very cool. Mm -hmm. um, Chakotay suddenly says. You know, I, I forget what he says, but Chakotay is like <laughs> freaking out and he's got these cool, I love the makeup that was yeah. sort of wrapped around his yeah, neck, wrapped around, like, a, yeah. like a snake or yeah. something. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, so Chakotay's turning Borg. Harry yeah. says there's incoming fire. The ship is hit. Yeah. Janeway hits the floor. I, I love that shot of her falling on the floor. Simple, but really yeah. action packed. It's kind of effective moment. Harry looks detail. over after, yeah, after Harry Jamie's looks over. He's got nanoprobes coming out of his face. Well, well, Harry's like looking over at the doctor, saying, "Like, come on, doctor, turn into the ECH." And so yeah. that's when he does activate it into the ECH. His whole uniform turns into the command uniform. You see yes. the pips popping up on the side. Oh, the, it was cool. It was, <laughs> it was cool. super cool. Yeah, uh, I love Bobacardo's line when he's talking to the Borg, and he says, "Over my dead program," which was yes. pretty darn funny. I love that. Yes. He activates the Photonic Cannon, which is clearly a made-up um, weapon that does yes. not exist on Voyager. Yes. But uh, yeah, the earlier photon torpedoes that the Doctor shoots at uh, the Borg sphere doesn't do anything. But yeah, the so Photonic he's Cannon... Use the, the imaginary Photonic Cannon weapon. <laughs> the super weapon. It yeah. destroys the Borg ship. It explodes. <laughs> we cut over to Phlox on the um, hierarchy ship, yeah. and he's in shock. Well, all of them, don't they all react to that? They go, oh, yes. like everyone watching the screen is just yes, shocked. The, pho that. the photonic <laughs> cannon <laughs> is, is so scary. And uh, we go back to the bridge yep. and now we're back in reality. Yeah, with Harry's voice going, doctor, Her doctor, can doctor, you confirm? <laughs> what? Yeah, he wants readings. Readings, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The readings, doctor. Yeah. And the whole crew is kind of turning around and notices that he's distracted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But my first thought was, why is the doctor on the bridge if he's monitoring people's he doesn't life signs? <laughs> what? He doesn't need to be there. You're right. He doesn't. Normally, yeah. if 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 we are, you know want life signs, we either get the readings ourselves or we yes. call the doctor in sick bay and he gives it where to he's us. monitoring. Yeah. But uh, it was just an you know we, yeah. we never we never get medical data from the doctor standing in that center console. But no. for this moment, it was the right place to be. Yes. We go back to a space shot with the uh, hierarchy ship and inside Phlox is saying, this is a very dangerous ship. He's yeah. telling his captain, like they've yeah. got this thing called a photonic cannon. And the captain's a little skeptical, but Phlox is like, no, the doctor, the doctor is unbelievable. He well, does it all. Yeah. He's skeptical because he says, we have no readings of any Borg in this in this region of space. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, well, I mean, they I'm telling you, but I saw they, it. They like, shot it. Well, well we where's didn't the see debris? debris. He's yeah, like, where's the no, debris? It's completely vaporized. It's annihilated. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. The photonic <laughs> cannon can do this. My captain's skeptical, but Flox uh, Flox says the doctor is incredible. He does everything. everything. And he goes down this list of things like he yeah. does this and that. And then he ends it with. And he's very attractive to all the females. Hey, let, me, let me let me read off the the, the list. He what goes. He he's say? an imp he says he uh, the ECH is now in command. He is an impressive individual, a physician, an engineer, a warrior, 
and very attractive to the females. And so that's, <laughs> this was his line. And he says, yes. we, should avo- we should attempt to avoid any interaction with this emergency command hologram, the ECH. And Flox recommends a type three stealth assault and the hierarchy approves of a yes. stealth assault. I love when they when they send these messages to the hierarchy. You I like love that little machine? Whole, yeah, they kind of put it in a little pad, they stick yeah. it in a slot, yeah. and then there's like this clear sort of tube that you yeah. see the messages coming back. Yeah. I just I, I thought that detail, that specificity was really cool. It also reminds um, you of your little message board too, probably. So it does. Yes. <laughs> I, I love my message. <laughs> okay. Um, we go out into the hallway, doctors yeah. walking down the hall. Chakotay comes running up. And says, doctor, you're incredible. Like (laughs) Chakotay is just, you know, effusively just complimenting the doctor. Right. And and you see the doctor starting to go, wait a minute, this is a little too far. Yeah. So he says, computer, uh, where's the location of Chakotay? And computer says, Chakotay's in his quarters. Yeah. Now he knows. So now the doctor knows this is all. (laughs) Yeah. His daydreams are now coming into everyday life, yes. basically. There's a, yes. there's an issue. The algorithms yeah. are malfunctioning. Yep, he's realizing it. We cut to engineering and we have Kim, Torres, Seven, and the doctor. The doctor is explaining to Torres, Kim, and Seven that he has been experimenting with introducing a new function into his program, cognitive projections, aka daydreaming. Yes. And the algorithms are malfunctioning. And... He is starting to daydream whether he wants to or not. I love what Bellana says. She says, you know what they say, a doctor who operates on himself has a patak for a patient. Yes. And my first thought was, Bellana never uses Klingon references. What? I mean, all, she very rarely. Before. She does sometimes when she's angry, usually. Yeah. But not in like just a casual conversation. Yeah, and right. Again, right. I thought... She's just coming off Barge of the Dead. Like she's really embraced some of her, her Klingon, Klingon side. side. And, yeah. and so she's kind of using these Klingon references in mm-hmm. ways that she didn't use them as often before. Yeah. Usually it was just when she was mad about something. She might, you know, yeah. throw in a little Klingon. But yeah. I thought that and, was just a nice connection of episodes. A good catch. And it's just so cool how each each of these scenes, they start out as completely normal. And then all of a sudden, it yeah. just morphs into the daydream. Torres and Seven begin fighting over the Doctor all over again. And it's vicious. It's just yes. vicious. And They're I both... feel like, yeah, in, yes. this, in this daydream world, it's your lady, Torres, that has the yes. biggest crush on the Doctor. Oh, yeah. And oh, she, yeah. It's, it's her job to defend against all other suitors meaning the captain Mm -hmm. and seven Mm -hmm. and she's vicious about it absolutely vicious and then all of a sudden the fight is broken up by kim basically exclaiming that the warp containment field is failing yes there's a big alarm they all they all rush over to try to fix this thing the computer i I love the (laughs) computer the computers first start saying warp core breach in 30 seconds then a little bit later warning warp core breach a lot sooner than you think and i thought yes very funny this is galaxy quest right now we're yep. we're actually finally living that you know reality there with well, great when the, comedy when the computer <laughs> when the computer says warning warp core breach a lot sooner than you think yeah. that's when the doctor all of a sudden goes wait a minute yeah <laughs> um and i love as it's as it's melting down seven and balana both are, are looking over the warp core and then they turn in unison and say, 
the doctor. That's their warp par- particles moment. That's right their there. warp yes. particles moment. Yes, because somebody has to get inside that warp core to eject it manually. And there's only one person who can withstand the radiation, and that would be the doctor. And that's when their warp particles moment happened. Yeah, they, uh, yes. I love the unison talking. Yes, but then we uh, jump back. We jump back to the, the current reality without his daydreams. And Harry notices that the doctor is about to enter the warp core like and he's climb over yeah, he's the railing climbing over. Yeah. And he has to, he has to save the ship and Harry's like, what are you doing? And so of course, Harry and the gang have to rush over and physically pull him, physically pull him pull back. The physicality mm-hmm. that he's got is he's, is very Jerry Lewis. Is he being, Oh my back. God. It's very it funny. <laughs> and then we cut to a close up of him in sick bay. And as the camera pulls back, we realize that he is just jumping from one daydream to the next. He's pacing around the surgical yeah. bay by yeah. himself and he's talking to nobody torres tells janeway he's just jumping from one one scene to another and the my favorite part is he starts walking forward he hits the force field and he's like oh yeah excuse me miss like pardon me miss. Yeah. like he bumped into funny. some woman that we don't even see there right it's very um, funny. torres has basically routed his subroutines to holodeck one so that harry and seven can kind of monitor his fantasies so we can kind mm-hmm. of keep tabs on what's going on with him. Janeway actually brings up an interesting question. She's like, is that appropriate? Yeah. Do you think that's appropriate? Spying, looking in on his fantasies. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and she's just gotten, she's just been in a meeting with the doctor saying that we're going to show him a little more consideration. We're going to, we're going to respect his sentience. And now here we are tapping now into we are, yeah, yeah. his fantasies. His private, his reading private, his journal. Yes, yes. And obviously, he has not given permission for that, but we're gonna we're gonna be doing this. But Torres says, "Look, this is gonna give us the the better um, idea of we're gonna get a bigger picture of what's happening to him. It's gonna help us fix him. We need to tap into this." As she says that, he then he then has a conversation with Neelix. He's Mr. Neelix, how thoughtful! You baked me a cake. Oh, this won't get you out of your checkup. And so this this whole thing is just absolutely hilarious to me. Yes. Kim chimes in and, and, and says, uh, Kim to Sigbay, Janeway's like, go ahead. And Kim says, you might want to have a look at this. And Janeway goes, we're on our way. And at, and the tag of this is he blows out the candles of his the cake. Which he, the cake. <laughs> the cake that's not there. And he, and he blows them all out and then he missed one, which is classic. <laughs> yeah. And he, one more. You know, I feel funny. like he probably did that. Right. I mean, I'm guessing yeah, the doctor. Probably. Yeah, he added that. Bob added that little lovely little touch there. Little, so little very, button. very funny yeah. that button. We're in cargo bay, cargo bay two on the holodeck. And the EMH is uh, the doctor is basically painting seven of nine. And it's seven is posing for him sort of uh, uh, a la uh, all, not, all naturel. She's, yeah, uh, she's, she's in the nude. She's in the nude. He's, yeah. he's doing charcoal sketches of, <laughs> yeah. of seven in the nude. Yes. And the camera kind of dollies behind the back of seven of nine. Yeah. And then it reveals the real seven of nine standing there yeah. in, the, in the holodeck version of the cargo bag. Right. Uh, watching herself getting painted or drawn in the nude. And uh, the first thing I thought was, was that a body double? It had to have been a body double. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Um, was a, I don't, I, yeah, I don't remember. I wasn't in the scene, but you were in the scene. I don't recall the name of the, it, and it was actually, it was one of our, I think it was her stand-in that did her body double for her. Really? Yes. I remember, I can't, oh, I feel so bad. I can't remember her name, but but um, that's who was actually lying yeah. there. And I also remember 
that was a closed set. That was a very limited yeah, I would <laughs> uh, think so. number of crew members there. Um, but anyway, so uh, my favorite line is from Janeway. She's, Janeway says, he does the hands very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> and Seven's like, well, apparently he's had a great deal of practice. Look at these. And there's all these other sketches that are there, these preliminary yeah. sketches. Yeah, he's been drawing um, clearly yeah. a lot of these. A lot of these. But yeah. I, I have to say the sketches were like, they were the outlines of her figure and stuff, but yeah. there was nothing. They were totally yeah, they're G, P, they're G PG. Rated. They're PG, yeah, for sure. You would say G? You say G? I would rated? say G. All right, they G were rated. Like, yeah. They were like outline sketches. Right. Yeah, no, no detail at all of the nudes. But right. I, I almost wish we hadn't seen the sketches. I wish we had seen from behind like lots of paper, but we don't see. <laughs> we don't because it yes. would be more more humiliating yes. for seven to feel like, oh my God, like. <laughs> He's drawn all these nudes of me and we never see them. Good call. And then uh, I, I love this transition, by the way, because yeah, you from, realize that this is this is just a holodeck. Yeah. And we go from uh, a fantasy or a daydream of drawing these nudes to yeah. a fantasy of the doctor on the bridge. Yes. And the, the transition was great because you guys are standing in the holodeck. Yep. And then it transforms to the bridge and yeah. then the doctor enters the close-up so that yeah. that was a cool cool transition i liked it. very much so so it, it, we start out uh, with uh, the doctor saying computer activate the emergency command hologram so he can activate himself into the ech at this point yep and kim's got the great line this is the part i like because the pips pop up on his collar and of yeah. course harry never got their promotion so this was a, a bit of a dig on on harry in a way um janeway loves it nice touch uh and then of course the image brings the photonic cannon online yes, activate yeah. the photonic cannon <laughs> janeway's, and janeway's like, like the huh? what and harry goes well it's a weapon he invented yeah he, he really brushes. likes to save the ship yeah <laughs> Harry then says, which means that this particular algorithm of him as the ECH is more easily accessible than the others. So Torres mm -hmm. says, if we can isolate it, if we can isolate this algorithm, we might be able to stabilize this program. So we're kind mm -hmm. of, you know, we're making a little bit of headway. So then we jump from the holodeck bridge to the holodeck mess hall. Yeah. Lovely scene here. Yeah, great scene. Oh great my scene. gosh. The um, doctor is basically breaking up with Bologna. He's yeah. breaking up with her. They're sitting at a table. Yes. And uh, Roxanne is sort of watching her, looking at herself, uh, who's just her her fake Bellana is madly in love with the doctor. Uh, just yeah. will not, not let her go. You, she says, you just can't leave me. The best line, EMH, aren't you forgetting someone? He needs you, Bolana, now more than ever. And of course, uh, Bolana looks behind her and sitting all alone <laughs> in the other the corner of the mess hall is Tom with his little cup of coffee. Did, don't you wave uh, at her like hi? <laughs> yes, it is the most pathetic, hilarious reaction I've ever seen myself you do. Did, you did such a good job with that reaction. It was I, very funny. I I was so happy and so proud of you, Robbie. <laughs> I was like, oh, Robbie knocked that reaction out of the park. Because if you can, if you can really make the audience laugh without even saying something, you got it going on. <laughs> this reaction that you give <laughs> when they look back at you is the best. And Torres says, forget him. He's not half the man you are. <laughs> Oh my and then God. real Bolana, who's watching this She's whole done. thing, is like, like, I'm yeah. done. I've had enough of this. 
I've had enough. And uh, as they exit, they're kind of <laughs> exiting the celebration. So we've kind of jumped to a different moment. Right. And we... Janeway stops because she hears the doctor basically expressing what's truly in his heart. He says, all I ever wanted was to live up to my full potential. Yeah. And Janeway stops. She's kind of clocks this and he continues on yeah um, basically saying i just want to help the people that i love yeah and that really lands for Janeway. yeah and that that scene is the, again the congratulate the surprise party for him being ech i think right yeah and, exactly yeah. Mm -hmm. so we've jumped around to all these daydreams yeah. and fantasies but the last moment is janeway Ooh. really hearing that he loves this crew that's yeah. a huge yeah. revelation for her mm -hmm. we go to the uh the hierarchy ship next yep. and uh flocks is is worried yeah. uh he's lost the connection yeah i will say the opening of this you see flocks looking in a close-up and his hand is by his face yeah and i love the makeup for this but they didn't quite finish the hand and so they had some the they had some makeup on the hand but not complete it wasn't right? all complete yeah and i and i I, I wish they hadn't had his hand up by his face because it really, it made the makeup less effective. And I love this makeup. So I wish, I wish that hadn't been included. Yeah. But, um, but it was, it was still, the makeup is phenomenal. Anyway, um, Phlox is, uh, he's concerned because two assault vessels are on their way to join them for this, uh, this type three attack that they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to worry that he might've been wrong. So he's trying to talk his boss out of it now. You know, he's like, exactly. you know, the more I learn about Voyager, the more I wonder if it's even worth the hassle to even, and yeah. overlook his boss is like, um, the boss man's like, okay, we'll clarify. He's like, well, launching an attack against such a heavily armed vessel carries a great risk. And for what? A little antimatter and some dilithium. So everything he's saying is, now he's trying to back. He's back trying to back pedal this big time. Yeah, and and his boss does say, "Did you make a mistake?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no mistake." Made a mistake. <laughs> and then boss man leaves and said, "We're going to continue on." And then he does admit to the, the crewman guy. Devro is his name. D e v r o. Yeah, he goes. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I it love was totally that. wrong. How None terrible. of this is yeah. real. Well, Basically, because the minute he saw him popping up in every every location back to back, he knew. He knew. Yeah. He says he did. A, he did a little further investigation, and he found out that uh, he hasn't been monitoring monitoring his perceptions. He's been watching his dreams or his imaginings, is how he says it. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that writing from from Minoski, right? Yeah. Watching his dreams or his imaginings. I just I love yeah. this dialogue. Yeah, um, it's great. He goes, "I'm not sure which, but none of this is real." So what am I going to do? So he's mm -hmm. he's in a pickle. He's in a big he's in a pickle. pickle. He doesn't know what that. We're all in a pickle. We go to sick bay next, and and the doc's sitting there, but yeah. clearly a lot of you know uh, a worry and concern. Mm -hmm. Janeway appears and asks, you know, she's just checking in on him. The last thing she saw was him saying, you know, I just want to help the people I love. So that's really stuck with her. Yeah, she she really cares for him, and and she comes in to check, and he says, I'm really sorry. I feel exposed. I feel humiliated. I, I apologize for altering my program. And then she kind of reassures him. She says, look, we all daydream. Yeah. Um, it helps us imagine other possibilities in life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I thought was really good. She said, yeah. just hold off. Just don't do this anymore until we can figure out how to do it without hurting you. 
which yeah, I without think having the really, malfunctions. Yeah. Which yeah. means she's really kind of open to him having she's, these state dreams. Wants, yeah. She's on his side. Exactly. She's, she's on yeah. his side. And, but the good thing is, is that Torres um, has stabilized the matrix and that uh, none of these random uh, daydreams are going to happen any longer. So yep. she's, she's fixed his program basically. Yeah. Uh, we go to the captain's ready room. Yeah. Uh, Chakotay enters with the ship status report. Yep. They basically just discuss the potential for the doctor to be the emergency captain. Yeah. Well, she was looking through, uh, they were looking at Federation law and there's really no, there's no legal precedence um, for yeah. granting command positions to holograms that just, they don't exist. It hasn't yeah. happened before. Yeah. She wants to um, give him what he wants, some, yeah. you know, the, to expand his potential, but yeah, she can't find a way to do exactly what he's asking. Mm -hmm. We go back to sick bay. The doctor is prepping some busy, some, some, you know, busy work basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he hears a crowd in sick bay and suddenly looks over to Trey where he just got a, a medical device and there's a champagne glass. And he's like, Oh, oh no, no. It's happening again. <laughs> yeah. I love this because it was a low angle shot of yes. him, you know, kind of in a close up, getting things off the tray and moving right. a little, but it was a very smart move by john bruno because as you looked up they turned all the lights off in sick bay so oh. normally we see the whole ceiling is lit yeah. up with lights yeah, yeah. but They're because it was kind of darker and they yeah. were looking at the dark part of the room yeah when he saw the champagne glass it was a much smoother transition into the the cargo bay set which is yeah. dark right ceilings and all so it was just a go. little little detail on the front end that helped the mm -hmm. transition work really nicely mm -hmm. um yeah but we do transition into the cargo bay. We're back to the celebration party. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly Phlox appears in this daydream. Yeah. And he said, uh, he May said, I please I have a word with you, doctor. And then yeah, he the doctor's like, I don't recall dreaming you up. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, no, I'm real. I'm just transmitting myself as a simulation into your dream. Right. And he's, he's like, I can prove it. So the doctor does agree to go talk with him. And Phlox basically pours it all out. He says, this ship is going to be attacked. And really, and it was Phlox who who kind of tweaked with his program so that his, his daydreaming would happen again, because this is the only way that Phlox could insert himself into those, yeah. into those daydreams in order yeah. to get this message to him. Yeah. They find a private spot. He's, he basically says that his spying uh, has been the problem in his program. The, the yeah. reason that it's been malfunctioning like this is because Flox was spying in through the mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. He basically spills the whole truth yeah. to, to the doctor. Yeah. And he says, you know, the problem here is like, it, you, we're not like you guys. And the hierarchy doesn't tolerate these kinds of mistakes. Mm -hmm. They don't, they, the hierarchy doesn't tolerate people expanding their possibilities. So yeah. he stepped out of line. He made a mistake mistake he's going to get in big trouble yeah and he does say to the doctor that he really admires him yeah and that he's grown to care for the doctor as well you know in yes, that exactly. short amount of time but the most important message that flocks has for the doctor is that an attack is imminent there will be two other mm -hmm. uh, hierarchy ships that will be arriving very soon 
and uh, less than an hour away, really. And yep. he just says to the doctor, I can help you uh, avoid this confrontation. I, I can, mm-hmm. I can assist you, you know, and, and the doctor is always is, is asking like, well, why would you help us? And, and again, like you said earlier, he uh, knows that he is in trouble because the hierarchy does not tolerate mistakes or nope. misinformation. <laughs> and if they learn of his error, he will lose his livelihood is what he says. That means yeah. he's going to lose everything. So yeah, he'll be Flops, put in jail. Flops yeah. definitely cares about the doctor. He's grown to admire him and like him, mm-hmm. but he also cares about himself. So he's yeah. trying to make a deal that'll help them both. Yeah. And so we go to the bridge next and the doctor enters the bridge and says, we're about to be attacked. Yeah. And this is like exactly what's been happening with his malfunction. So yeah. there's a lot of eye know, rolling at this point. A lot of eye rolling. Like, here we go again. Yep. And uh, they say, we haven't detected anything. Like, yeah. what are you talking about, doctor? And Janeway is pissed at him, by the way, that <laughs> that uh, he disobeyed her direct order. <laughs> right. Because mm. he's because in her mind, he's reacted. She thinks he reactivated his his daydream, his daydreaming it, stuff. Yeah. She's like, yeah. why did you do this? I told yeah. you, you know, let us figure out how we can do this the right way. Yeah. And he seems to be back in the same groove. But yeah. he says, no, I can prove it. He says the aliens showed him uh, flocks, showed him how to compensate. Uh, for their cloaking field so we can now detect them so he hands a pad a pad to, 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 to harry yeah and, and i love the look that i give to jane when i'm like am i gonna I know, do this yeah, yeah it's this the non-verbal kind of looks that 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 harry has with janeway and it just i love that because now you see season six it's like an unsp everyone knows everyone's rhythm you know what i'm saying yeah. harry knows what's yeah. going on janeway knows what's going on with harry uh, Janeway you know, just gives a quick nod and Harry punches in the, the coordinates and, and the, 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 the right pattern to, to be able to detect the yes. ships. And lo and behold, the doctor's right. Yes, yes, there are three ships out there, 600 yep. million kilometers headed right for us. Uh, Janeway requests uh, on screen maximum mag- magnification. And basically, the doctor says the alien will not help us unless we help him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paris is, uh, what if this is all part of their attack? What if this is a ruse? Um, and Chicote says he's already helped us compensate for their cloak. I'm inclined to believe him. Mm-hmm. So uh, Janeway believes him too. And she says, set a course away from here at maximum warp. Uh, and the doctor says, well, that's only going to delay the confrontation. They have mm-hmm. vessels you know, hidden throughout this entire sector. They're going to find this. Janeway says, does your friend flocks have a plan and the doctor says well they're running a type three stealth assault and they will not decloak until they're right on top of us at which point they're they're going to fire a warning shot across the bow and then come at demands for supplies and tech and if we don't comply they will destroy us and fortunately the the uh, alien flocks has promised to transmit the resonance frequencies of their phasers, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to help us basically you know, take out their weapons. And Tuvok says, and in return, what do we have to give them? And the doc says, well, in return, he mistakenly informed his superiors that I was in command of Voyager. So to keep himself from being demoted, he wants us to maintain that ruse and when they yeah yeah, that story so doc's gonna have to be the captain (laughs) yeah when they open the channel you have i have to be sitting in the captain's chair um and he even apologizes he goes i'm sorry captain but that's what he insisted he wants that and janeway doesn't even she she doesn't even skip a beat she's like i guess that's it's time to turn uh, fantasy into reality so she goes with that she's with the she's with the game plan yeah uh, we go to sick bay next, yep. and it's a great scene in here with uh, Harry prepping the doctor. Yes, yes, for being the captain, and uh, 
Yeah. Harry's working on some panels there, but the doctor is panicking here. He's yeah. just, <laughs> he's having a meltdown and Harry's sort of smiling and kind of reassuring him. Like I felt the same way. Yeah. When I was put in command of the night shift, you know, and uh, the chair looked I wanted really to big. disappear yeah. into the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Harry basically says to the doctor that daydreams are to test possibilities, right? To consider new po possibilities and try out, you know, ideas of what's what our potential is. Mm -hmm. And uh, Harry ultimately says, consider this a field test. Yes. So, uh, mm -hmm. so Harry gives him a little pep talk and we go over to the hierarchy ship. And the, now they're, they're arriving near Voyager and the captain's like, hey, I don't see any Borg damage around here. Like, right. You said that they, they destroyed the Borg. Right. Uh, uh, you know, and they had a battle with a Borg. I don't yeah. see any Where's damage. the hull damage from the Where's Borg the attack? Yeah, it's not and there. So Flox is like, oh, they, uh, they repaired it. Yes, they repaired it. That's what they did. Yeah. Um, captain thinks about that and goes, okay, let's prepare for a type four assault. Yeah. Flox is like, what? No, that'll, that'll, we can't do that. That's that'll not the drain. plan. Yeah. That's not the plan. <laughs> uh, well, that'll drain energy. And uh, the captain's like, <sighs> you know, uh, you may be mistaken about this whole, you know, Borg thing. All of this may, we may be off here. Caution is in order. And he asks the hierarchy and they say, yep, do the yep. type four. Type four. Oh, yeah. I again, I love that little pad they have to stick in to communicate. It's just cool. <laughs> it seems a little excessive, like they could just make a phone call, but yes. uh, but it's but it's it's pretty cool. I feel like that could be a cosplay at Dragon Con. The hierarchy the messaging machine. Someone could just build that and wear that, you know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like I like that part. We go back to the bridge. The dock enters the bridge, captain on the bridge, I think Chakotay says, or somebody says. Yeah. Um, no, you, you say it, actually. Oh, I say it. Yeah. Some, somebody Barris says, says it. <laughs> captain on the bridge, uh, Doc is in the captain's uniform. So what I loved was after he shows up on, on the bridge, he comes out of the turbo lift, and he's so tentative. And then Harry pats him on the back, sort of like, it's your time. And he reacts to that, like he jumps, like someone scared the bejesus out of him, which is, again, he's so nervous that even that little... That That's little funny. support tap uh, by Harry scares him. You know, he jumps and he, he comes down to the to the level where the captain's chair is, and he's still he's just looking at the chair. He doesn't even know what to do. And Chicote says, "It's not going to bite. It won't bite." Okay, you can you can uh, you can sit down in it. Um, and Paris has that lovely line, "What I wouldn't give right now for a whoopee cushion." And oh Harry, yeah, yeah. That's Harry's like a what? A whoopee cushion. And yeah. you say that it's ancient technology. Yes, his response is <laughs> it's ancient technology. Yeah. Um and then, uh, then he finally does sit down. The doctor yeah. finally does tentatively, you know, terrified, sits down, yeah, takes a breath for a second, and then there's a little beep on the console, and he <laughs> shocks again. Yeah. Yes. Milking uh, the comedy. He, there. he is. He's milking it there. Chicote says, Captain, we're, we're ready to proceed. And now we see, we jump to Astrometrics and we see that Janeway is monitoring the entire situation there. She says, she says, Acknowledge Commander. Seven says, The internal comm link is active. No one will be able to hear you but the doctor. So essentially, it's sort of this, you know, Cyrano de Bergerac moment where the where Janeway is whispering, Janeway's gonna, gonna be whispering whisper the in lines his ear, yeah, exactly. in his ear just to say what what needs to be said to yeah. the hierarchy. Yes, and and the assumption is that he's only gonna do what the captain says. He's right. gonna stick yeah. to the you know yeah. the plan. She's the plan. 
she's really still the captain, but he's mm-hmm. going to be the face of it. Yeah. Uh, we go, go back to the bridge, and there is a message from Phlox now. There is a type four attack, so he's let them know they've yeah. changed the plan. Yeah, he says that- there's something terrible has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the type four assault, and what that entails is the phaser frequencies will be rotated every however many seconds, which now is a huge issue because he was supposed to send us the uh, what we needed to uh, disable their phasers. And so, yeah, he's not going to be able to help us. Mm-hmm. By the way, why don't they just rotate the phaser frequencies all the time? Attack? Exactly. Like, Hello. If it's better, it should always be type why not four. do that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but Chakotay immediately says, okay, evasive maneuvers. Uh, but the battle begins. The shot is, uh, the first shot is taken and the dock is, starts to panic. Yeah. We cut to the hierarchy ship. Basically, they demand surrender. They're like, we've got you, surrender. You know, we got multiple ships here. Yep. You don't and it, and it wasn't a shot off the bow. Remember originally it was, it was a supposed shot. to be a, it was a shot yes. on the bow. So yep. it wasn't off the bow. Yeah. We go back to the bridge. Doc is super awkward now. Um, <laughs> he's talking a little too loud. You know, I I I just thought this whole sequence was very funny. Where well, yeah, just... <laughs> because Janeway's because <laughs> uh, there's that part where he says, uh uh, Janeway's, uh, you know, you can hear Janeway. And, um, yeah. She says, uh, she's giving she says, tell him, yeah, she, tell him the, uh, yeah, the over the the captain of the uh, hierarchy ship says, your ship has supplies and technology that we, we require. Janeway says, tell him we'll defend ourselves. They won't get what they're after. And then the doctor says, we'll defend ourselves. They won't get what they're after. <laughs> Yeah, really loudly and awkwardly. The captain's like, huh? I mean, you won't get what you're after. So a lot of comedy here, you know? And then uh, not in a million years, not if I have anything to say about it. And the Janeway's like, don't improvise, doctor. So she's trying to hold him back, put him in, you know, pull pull him back a little bit. And Um, also right in here, as he's awkwardly uh, improvising and trying to pretend he's captain, Tuvok interrupts. And he says, he basically interrupts the calm, uh, the communication to the, to the uh, hierarchy ship. And he yep. says, I found a potential weakness in their shields, but I'm going to need some time. Yeah. So the doc, you've got to keep him occupied. Mm-hmm. So then he starts talking to them. He's just, he, now he's improvising. And he's <laughs> basically talking like he's at somebody's, you know, uh, checkup exam. And he's <laughs> like, uh, you seem to be suffering from a physio emotive order uh, disorder. Uh, and uh, he says, you may want to have a doctor look at that. <laughs> It's just a really awkward captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no captain would say that. Tuvok, uh, he fired phasers. Kim says that's a direct hit. And um, the, the doctor, doctor says, reacts. How did you <laughs> like that? Taste <laughs> of your own medicine. Janeway, yes. tone it down, doctor. Um, we get a hit too. Our phasers are offline. And the uh, hierarchy ships is prepared to be boarded. And Janeway says, it's time to negotiate, doctor. And before she can finish talking, um, doctor stands up and he says, (laughs) activate the photonic cannon. (laughs) Tuvok, that was an order. And Tuvok plays along. Everybody kind of looks around each other. Like, what is he doing? Tuvok plays along, you know, aye, aye. Activating, activating the, the photonic cannon. cannon sure sir yeah 
<laughs> uh, the doctor said, I'd rather not give the order to fire. And now the captain of the hierarchy ship says, well, my sensors are not showing an activation sequence. And the doctor says, well, of course not. The photonic yes. cannon is impervious to sensors. And Phlox is like, uh, the Borg couldn't detect, detect it either. And that's why they were destroyed. So he's trying to add to this this, this uh, yes, dialogue. The story to help, that, yeah, the, that story the doctor's line. making up. Mm-hmm. The boss considers this, the, the captain of the hierarchy ship, considers this for a minute mm-hmm. and then he sends a message back to uh his his people and he says the hierarchy agrees retreat yeah and the ships take off and stop their attack yeah so it worked and uh now we go to sick bay and the doctor is there and seven calls in to sick bay and says yep. hey doc uh we need you to come to the mess hall mm-hmm. and you know he's feeling embarrassed he's just feeling you know, shame, a lot of shame from what, what happened to him. And, but he says, be right there. He goes, goes into the mess hall and there's everybody dressed up in their formal outfits. Big surprise. This is real life. This This is the real surprise. surprise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Harry says, no doc, you're not dreaming. (laughs) This is not a daydream. And you hand the medal to the captain which i thought was interesting i'm like yeah. why is harry holding the medal and i know why didn't she just have it but i guess it added a little I, bit of yeah some formality or yeah something. and janeway says for your imaginative defense of this ship and her crew i'm awarding you the starfleet medal of commendation congratulations so he actually gets a medal for what he did yes. what he did so and she Die. pins it on him this medal that we never see again yes um she pins it on him <laughs> And she tells him that she's going to authorize his research project. And then Seven steps up and gives him a kiss on the cheek. And she says, doctor, that was a plutonic gesture. Don't expect me to pose for you again. And I found that it's a funny moment. But Seven made a weird loop around the doctor as she did this. I was just like, why is she walking in circles? In a figure eight. In a figure eight. But it was cute. It, it allowed it, was, it to play, yeah. play without a cut. It was just yeah. no reason it, for it, her to it, do there it. There is no reason, but higher. it didn't pull me out. It didn't make me go like, what? No? Like, I wasn't upset with it, you know? Okay. okay. No, but but again, it is it is a weird um, blocking choice. It was, a, sure. it was an odd little blocking choice, but it was <laughs> yeah. cute and stayed on the dock there. Yeah. And uh, that's how we go out on the yeah. doctor, getting his medal. Mm-hmm. Very good uh, episode. What's Yay. your lesson? Uh, what do you get from this episode? I think for me, it was really about the doctor's experience of learning that there is value in daydreams or imagination or fantasy. There can be healthy fantasy and it can be a powerful way to discover new potential in life, new, you know, new things. Yeah, that was it. Healthy imagination. It's about having a healthy imagination. I like that. What about you? My overall takeaway, if I'm looking at the big, big picture is everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, like, and when his, when his algorithms went crazy and started malfunctioning, that was excessive daydream. Yeah. Getting correct? lost in yeah. fantasy is not good, no, but no. there is a, there is a, there is a, there, uh, yeah, there is a sweet a spot. use and a, yes, a purpose for, for our minds having the capacity to imagine things that may yeah. not be real yet. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Star Trek is an imaginary, yeah 
you know, world in the future, but there's, there's a lot of value in that. So yeah, a lot of the things that have been invented have happened because someone dreamed it. What's your rating of this episode? I love this episode. Like I said, at the start, I thought the script is one of the best scripts I think we ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob's great in it. The direction was great. Everybody Everyone was, great. was involved. In Everyone this. was involved. Mm-hmm. I give it a nine, 9.2. Okay. 9.2. What about you? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to one up you by 0.1. I'm going to give it by, uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it 9. Uh, 9.3. 9.3, 9.2, 9.3. Yeah. Our Admiral and Captain average rating for Tinker Tenor, Dr. Spy is 8.8. Ah, Okay. I think we, I think I, we I, were enjoying our fellow actors a yeah. little more maybe than the, <laughs> than the, audience the regular was, audience, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was really good. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Delta Flyers, where we got a chance to review a very very funny episode of Voyager. And join us next week when Robbie and I will be discussing recapping the episode Alice. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Not, not a lot okay. of episodes with the person's name, right? No, no, no definitely not. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. That's exciting. See you next week.